0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome from College Park, Maryland. Anthony Broom here with Ryan Van Bergen here on the Wolverine.com postgame show where Michigan walks out with program win number 1,000, a 31 uh, I called it a self-inflicted scare in our game recap over Maryland. Uh, a little close for comfort at times after growing up 23-3, to but a win is a win. Second game without head coach Jim Harbaugh. Sharon Moore, of course, stepping in to fill the role there. Um Again, Ryan, this game was, because it was a Fox you know, production, almost a four-hour root canal. Um, your initial thoughts on what we just watched?
1: Hopefully a good thing. There's a, there's going to be some things that we talk about that uh, were good and that were not so good. I think we had a little bit of both of that in this game, um, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, this was a game that I think some people labeled as a trap game prior to the season kicking off. And I think it was every bit of that. This team came and played their best game. I think Maryland came prepared, and this was their Super Bowl, and they played like it. And uh, we we played like it was our Super Bowl at times, and there was times where it was our, looked like it was our first time playing football, to be honest. And uh, I think this is exactly what we needed going into Ohio State. I think that they're has been non-focus on the football that's being played with all the other crap surrounding the Michigan program. So I think this was a wake-up call and set some alarms off in these guys that, hey, this better be your best week of practice because you're not just going to walk in and beat Ohio State because that's what we're all thinking about is the next one already. But um, glad to get out of there with a win. It's an away game, uh, noon game, right before the biggest game of your entire season. Very easy to let this one fall and got a little tight, but we, we came out with a win.
0: That is ultimately what matters most. Again, program win number 1,000, 11-0 for the second straight, uh, second straight season. So, again, um, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what got us here on Saturday afternoon. We'll set up what next week might look like. But before we do that, as we do every Saturday to start our postgame show, I want to talk about our friends over at Home Field. Uh, you guys have heard us talk about them for months at this point. Great partners of the site. Over the years, or for me, over the years, for the site, just over the last few months, but uh, Homefield's a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They have a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable and officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Uh, They have over 150 colleges to choose from, including Michigan. Uh, There's a great collection of stuff on there with those guys. Uh, So, again, uh, they dive into the archives and history of each school. They mention you know, they, they often like to mention to us their uh, ability to discover some unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments. Uh, so, again, I have a whole drawer full of their stuff at home. Pack some hoodies with me for the trip out here to Maryland. So, again, uh, head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Wolverine23. Code is good for 15% off any customer's first order with Homefield. So, shout out to Connor and the team over there. Uh great friends to us. So, Uh, We appreciate that. Uh, We'll just start with AM89, who has a $10 super chat. He says, I know the announcers made a big deal about it being a judgment call, but as far as I could tell, the intentional grounding safety was obviously called correctly. Ryan, your thoughts on that?
1: I thought so. I think that, uh, especially if you're not outside the tackle box, and that ball came down so close to the line of scrimmage, that you know, it's at your discretion. The other thing that I think really plays a factor that you have to consider is a lot of times quarterbacks get away with the throw like that because they're under duress or they're in contact with a, with a defender that's bearing down on a sack. And although he was under pressure, he didn't have any contact to him. So uh, I, I obviously have got a little bit of a bias lens, but I thought that that was a, uh, the right call. It is a judgment call, but I thought that was the right judgment in that particular scenario. And I also want to add, just while I have this, because I'll forget, I'm going to tip my hat to the referees because I'm not a big fan of targeting. I think that there should be levels of targeting. And the fact that they reviewed their targeting call on Roman Wilson, and then they also had that targeting call on Mason Graham that they reviewed and removed both of them way to be consistent referees, way to be consistent, way not to ruin a game and a young man's possible biggest half of football in his life so far. And good job on the referees to go back, keep these kids in the game because they made, aggressive plays that are snap moment and they didn't agree neither one in my opinion deserved to be ejected so good job referees we don't say that enough on the podcast
0: yeah got to give them their flowers when the the time arises I, yeah I thought both of those were just football plays uh football's a physical game sometimes violent collisions happen you know uh I want to start on offense in this one uh Michigan 291 total yards of offense JJ McCarthy, twelve of twenty-three, one hundred forty-one yards. He had the bad pick right before the half, which I think was pretty, pretty much set up what the second half looked like. I thought that was fairly deflating. You're Michigan, you get out to a sixteen to three lead in the first quarter. You're up twenty-three to three at one point. You just kind of let them hang around, get back into the game. Uh, offensively, you know, found a way to run, run for one hundred fifty yards. Blake Coram, twenty-eight carries, which Feels like a season high by a pretty wide margin at this point. Uh, two touchdowns. He's up to 20 on the year. Uh, Donovan Edwards, 11 carries, 39 yards. Other than that, I mean, they did enough uh, early on. Actually, really, it was the defense that, that did the bulk of the scoring for them early on in that game. But what did you make of this Michigan offense today? Because to me, now that we have two weeks of Sharon Moore being the acting head coach, and not just the offensive coordinator, not just the offensive line coach. It feels like they're pressing a little bit, and uh, the the game flow, uh, the aggression, the the precisiveness of what they're trying to run just hasn't quite been as, as to that level that we'd expect over these last two weeks.
1: There's just been something lacking from the passing game and partially it's been play calling that we haven't utilized it as much as we traditionally would or that you'd expect out of a quote unquote normal offense. Uh, So I think that that's part of it is that we're not getting too many game reps, which I'm glad that again, not glad that we struggled, but it is probably a positive in the long term that we had the struggles that we did today because it'll show up on film and you'll be able to go into practice and work them out. I'm not super concerned because this team has shown a dynamic passing game. They have the ability to throw, to to throw the ball down the field. They have the receivers that are able to do it. Roman Wilson goes out early. You got to think about some of the guys we're out with. I mean, we think when Carthy's a little dinged up, you've got Roman Wilson going out early. Uh, Ladarius Henderson doesn't make the trip, so we got Miles hitting a tackle. He goes down. Uh, I mean, we're really shuffling at, you know second half of this football game. So uh, you know there were some miscues and some misfires, especially in the passing game, but. I think that that can be chalked up to, one, uh, J.J. McCarthy not being 100% healthy, and two, personnel-wise, we're just not exactly where we need to be. And then if you had to throw a three in there, we just haven't had these opportunities. But uh, I have no doubts that this team can execute in some of the short and intermediate passing game. You know, Down the field, eh, I don't know so much. But uh, this, this team can operate in the short and intermediate, and this team will get better. This looked like the Bowling Green game to me, just the Big Ten Bowling Green game.
0: That's a good comparison. Honestly, Uh, we have two super chats that are very similar. So I'll just kind of split the screen time between both guys here. Just both Justin Lewis and Mr. Dave uh, questions about JJ McCarthy. He says to me, it looked like our offense was limited by JJ's injury and play calling to not expose him too much. What do you think? Uh, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Also remember played without Ladarius Henderson in this game, Miles Hinton got hurt who was replacing Ladarius Henderson and, that didn't look very good. We don't know how serious Henderson's injury is yet, but uh, you know, down a couple tackles already. When the, the pass blocking from the tackles over the last few weeks hasn't been a strong suit. Uh, I still think there were some residual effects from JJ from that Penn State game last week. So there are things you have to account for there. Um, to me, I think it's it's all of those things, and then I, I just think the play the play calling, the flow of the play calling, just. Uh, you know, that rhythm's not quite there when Sharon Moore has to take on a little bit more. So I wonder if operationally they do kind of switch, maybe they switch it up a little bit. Uh, you know, when Jar- when Jim Harbaugh wasn't on the field for the opener and Sharon Moore was also out, Kirk Campbell had a bigger role in play calling. So maybe that's something that they decide to do to take a little bit off of Sharon's plate here, to take a little bit off of it by just having Jesse Minter being the head coach on defense. But um, yeah, JJ, JJ was off today. I, and I think... That's on him uh, partially. I think it's partially on the play calling and the offensive line pass blocking just has not been up to snuff the last few weeks, but thoughts on those two questions there.
1: I do think it changes how you approach your play calling if you have a quarterback that you're trying to protect or if he has slight injury, because one of the things that I was ready to hurl as a criticism after this game is where's the first down play action. I've kind of been screaming that over the last few games, but I think JJ and I mean, statistically, you can point to it and the statistics prove that I'm right, but he is a much more. Uh, accurate and hi- completes it in a higher clip when he's out aside the pocket. So the only reason I can think that they don't have that in the game plan is because, like you said, we're trying to protect them or something like that. So I was missing the play action because I thought that was something that they were exposing because of how many guys they were putting in the box, especially on early downs. So the lack of that made me think. But then there's also the part of me that says we went in here with a conservative game plan. I think that much is obvious. Offensively, we weren't going to do anything. We had to spectacular unless we had to, to beat a Maryland team. But with that being said, I feel like we missed a little bit uh, of, you know, the screens outside to Samaj Morgan and trying to get the the perimeter on some of the run plays, end around, um, tosses, anything to get to the edges. I feel like we did a lot of stuff between the tackles, and I'm all for having a conservative game plan, especially when you have a defense like we have. But my, my, my concern would be where's the perimeter passes? You know, where's the screen game? Where's some of these different things that could still be considered conservative but would add some elements of dynamicness to your offense and those are the things I thought we were missing today
0: yeah and part of it too is you lose a key playmaker early in the game I mean Roman Wilson is a huge part of you know getting that ball out quick you know finding you know sort of being that safety valve for McCarthy Um, I think Samaj Morgan can kind of replace some of those things but again I just think you were a little bit handcuffed by guys guys that were injured. Obviously, quarterback a bit banged up. Don't really want to put a ton of different stuff on film this week, considering what comes up next week. And that's no excuse to not uh, to not, not execute what's already called. But you know, this felt like a very conservative, very vanilla game plan because for the most part, they felt like they could run it, and they didn't execute a lot of the things that they did call. So again, um, you know, for as much heat as the defense is going to take for letting that Maryland, you know, Maryland's offense kind of dink and duck them down the field. And they took a few shots as well. Will Johnson got beat a few times. We'll talk about that, but, um, you know, offensively, it was just kind of enough today. And, you know, thank goodness that football is a three phase game, right? The defense stepped, stepped up when it needed to, obviously you got a to put out of Christian Boyvin early in the game that led to a safety two safeties. What a that's a weird day too. Um, so offensively, I mean, again, uh, you know Maryland's got got athletes too. I think this is probably their their deepest and most athletic um, unit on that side of the ball since Mike loxley has been there. So they deserve credit on that as well. Uh, also played a pretty clean game for the most part. I have to look at the penalties here, but uh, yeah. Any other thoughts about the offense? To me, it was just kind of blah. I mean, I, there's not really a whole lot more to say about it. I, I'm pretty confident saying that this feels like an outlier game, even with everything that's going on.
1: I think it's important to note that Blake Quorum deserves some flowers. I think earlier in the season, there were some doubts about whether or not he was healthy. doesn't seem like he has the same burst, the same wiggle. Blake Quorum is milking whatever he gets for all it's worth. At least that's my opinion that he, he, doesn't have uh, a favorable box a lot of the time because teams are so loaded up against the run, doesn't have great blocking, but the kid finds a way to get two, get three, get four when the first contact was behind the line of scrimmage. Now, that's not a knock against our offensive line, or that's not the intention, but I do think it's important to note that Blake Corum is everything that Blake Corum was advertised to be, and, and now we can see you know, he's the rock of the Michigan offense. So Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more from the receivers. I feel like we had some guys get a couple opportunities. I know Cornelius Johnson had a drop or two on not great balls. JJ has got to be better. Um, I thought Colston Loveland played a good game, but uh, overall I'd like to see the receivers try and make a little bit more of an impact again, limited in their opportunities. But when you get an opportunity, you got to make something happen. So, um, It'll be interesting to see. We're going to need our offense to be better to beat Ohio state, just point blank period. But I think we wanted that versus just going in here, going up 40 points. The starters don't play in the third or fourth quarter. If you ask me, what would I prefer? Both of them are W's. I wanted this win more than I wanted a blowout that just smashes the spread.
0: Ryan, you're going to have to, uh, enlighten me here did you guys ever play a game that was calm and and kind of clinical the week before ohio state i mean i feel like in my life i can count on one hand the amount of times that's happened
1: i can't remember a single opponent before i would have to check google and the schedules because it's just so tough to focus on the team that you have at hand it really is especially when you're in a scenario like this which i was never in this privileged of a situation but you know if you actually think out what would happen if Michigan were to have dropped this game and then they beat Ohio state, in any scenario I can imagine they still would go to the big 10 championship. So in, in the a grand scheme of things, if you still take care of business against Ohio state and this one, you happen to drop everything's still there. There's really not a big issue. So to stay focused when you know that that's the fact of the matter, hmm, that's a tough situation. But to answer your question, I do not remember a single opponent that was your, could you bet that this was a team you played before your 2010 Ohio state game? I got no clue.
0: That may just speak for itself, honestly, the fact that you don't remember. Um, Yeah, I think it's important to note, too. And again, you know, we're not going to get on here and and cry victim or anything like that. But given that yesterday and the late stages of this week were what they were, and maybe I'll put a pin in the game conversation to, to park on that topic here for a second. How tough is it as a player? I mean, we already talked about what last week was like, but you know, the day before a game, you're about to get on a plane. Another assistant coach, you know, the hammer comes down on someone else on the staff. This time, it's an assistant coach who gets fired. Now, granted, Chris Partridge to Rick Minter is not quite the drop off that it might be in a lot of other situations, but um, you know that whiplash of thinking that on Friday Michigan was going to go to court. The TRO thing was going to hold up. Harbaugh would be back, and then all of a sudden, the eleventh hour, everything's everything's off the table. Harbaugh stays suspended. Next day, coach is fired. As a player, how hard is that to fight through as well?
1: Yeah, it would be tough if if it played out like you just laid it out. But I'm not sure that it did. It'd be curious to know, and we'll never actually know the answer. But how much did the Michigan players know on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this upcoming week, or did they find out exactly how the rest of the world did? I would be willing to bet that they had at least some advance notice. Now, how far in advance, I wouldn't be sure. But uh, the other thing is, this team is now conditioned against this kind of crap. You know, this this is nothing new for these guys of this team. And I, I honestly don't know. If any more coaching thing, if things were to happen this week, I don't know that it would really impact him. I mean, this is just standard. Like on Monday, there's some shit in the news and on Thursday, something happens. And then on Saturday, we got to adjust and play a football game. And that's kind of been the cadence for this team. So um, me as a player, if it was my coach and I had no idea, I'd be a little shook up. But the way this team has had to progress through the season and how it's played out, I got a feeling it probably didn't have a massive impact.
0: Well, and two, the optics of I know the optics are what they are about having a head coach suspended twice in the same season, which I, I don't know that that's ever happened before. But again, this is their fifth game without Jim Harbaugh. Like this is and the fact you've you've won all those games. And again, I know the schedule is set up for that, but it just feels like they are maybe controversy proof isn't the word, but they just, they just keep finding a way to come back and respond. And, you know, if this was kind of a game that you had to sleepwalk and get through, every team has them every single year. We saw that in the Illinois game last year without any distractions. Um, but there's nothing that will quite refocus you like Ohio state week. And again, we take things day to day right now. I mean, I called today just a reprieve to be covering an add at a football game instead of essentially being a tabloid journalist, like the last month has been, but, uh, Shout out to those guys. Uh, we will talk defense here in a moment, but want to give another shout out to another sponsor of ours that we are so happy to work with. And that is our pals over at Bird Dogs. A uh, Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better Uh, They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They use an anti-stinking sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I packed my bird dogs on the trip out to Maryland. Came out a day early. You want that comfort. You want that that ease about what you're wearing especially a little warmer down here than it is in the state of michigan so uh, if you order with bird dogs today and use the promo code wolverine you will get a free hydro flask style water bottle uh and again uh just like home field i keep kind of collecting stuff from bird dogs and it's it's some of the best stuff that i own so head on over to birddogs.com slash wolverine or use promo code wolverine for a free hydro flask style tumbler with your order and again, shout out to Bird Dogs, who has been outfitting a lot of my road trips this year. Uh, we are also sponsored today by Lewis Jewelers. Is Simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors. Finding that perfect diamond. Stop by today, guys. Fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1990, or 1921. Excuse me. Math is hard. Reading is hard. Uh, visit them at their location on 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online at lewisjewelers.com. Ryan, defense, uh, 262 total yards allowed in this game. Uh, two, I mean, hardly anything on the ground. 33 uh, carries for 15 yards, minus 43 yards of that were from uh, Tagovailoa sacks. I'm going to check the sack numbers on the day. Michigan had four sacks. Mason Graham and Brayden McGregor split one. Jalen Harrell had one, and Kenneth Grant had one as well, which I think, I forget the sequence of the game that was, but uh, defensive line today, I mean, the the recipe was take away the run, pressure uh, to his little brother into making mistakes, and when push came to shove, that's exactly what they did.
1: They did, and they did it in an impressive way. I was a little bit concerned when they first came out because uh, we've seen this a little bit with Jesse Minter's defense, but against teams that have 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back in the in the formation, a lot of times we've got two defensive tackles, two edges, which we can call ends, but Jalen Harrell I wouldn't call a true end. Uh, I'd call him more of like a stand-up backer and like a 3-4. And then you've got your two linebackers. So, I mean, you're five or six guys, you know, tight end to tackle on the other side, and they have six guys blocking without the quarterback and running back being factored in. So you're outnumbered in the box. So I'm waiting for Maryland to just tee it up and run the football, but you got to give credit to Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, some of those guys on the interior doing a really good job, maintaining gaps, not getting pushed back. Uh, Even some of the guys that are behind those guys, I thought Spencer Good showed up really big today. He's been getting better and better and has kind of been consistently getting himself into that rotation. So uh, I thought the interior guys did really well and the exterior guys did well in passing situations, but to make them one dimensional, which they're a, pretty pass heavy team anyway but to shut out the run and make it so uh you know ineffective I think that allowed us to pin our ears back and allowed us to play some more coverage and I thought our edges played really well I thought Mikey Sandra still played really well and I think our corners got tested you know and going back to my theme of this game of the learning experience and where you can grow I feel like Will Johnson got beat a little bit on the edge Uh, I feel like every corner kind of took a turn I thought Joe McBurrows actually showed up and played better than he has in the past um You know, So I I think there were some guys tested, but overall, defensively, I mean, how can you possibly complain? You generate three turnovers, you score twice, and you end up with two safeties. I know one of those is on special teams, but man, can you ask for more from a defense as far as productiveness? I don't know that you can. And not thrilled about 24 points being given up, not thrilled about finally losing that third quarter streak. Um, But again, there's going to be some great game tape to motivate these guys that, hey, you know, we have our biggest game coming up and there's mistakes being made. We've got to play our cleanest football to win this game. So uh, although we struggled a little bit, we got the W and defensively, a really solid performance Performance minus giving up the points that we did.
0: Yeah, and, and there's a question here that we'll get to uh, from Jamie Vance, who said, what's up with Will Johnson getting beat a few times deep today? That's concerning ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. next week. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you want... Those are the two. I feel like he's only given up maybe three or four bombs all year. So the fact that today was, you know, he got got a few times today and that's going to happen. Talia Tagovailoa is a talented quarterback. Maryland has talented skill players in a lot of ways. This is probably the best offense Michigan has seen to this point this year. So again, um, when you play the better offenses on your schedule, you're going to find yourself in a battle at times. And Someone's got to step up and make a play. you got to get off the field in key moments. Mike Sandmer still with a pair of picks. Obviously, I mean, whenever they need a play, that guy steps up and gives them one. So, again, um, not super concerned about Will Johnson, but what did you see from that Michigan secondary today, Ryan?
1: I thought I saw some guys playing in some battles that they haven't been in, and that's been something I addressed as a concern earlier on was that As good as this defense has been, we really don't know when they get tested these corners with a solid wide receiver and a quarterback that's good at placing balls, how they're going to do and how they're going to respond. Because I've always been a believer, as much as I am a defensive bias type guy, if you run a perfect route, quarterback throws a perfect ball at the perfect time, no matter how good you are on defense, that ball should be completed. Um, that's just how it goes. And so I thought you saw a couple of those today. It there wasn't all perfect by Maryland, by any stretch, there were mistakes made by Michigan, but there were a couple of throws, especially near the red zone that ended up in six that were just amazing throws. And there's not much better. You can play it. And I got a feeling that Marvin Harrison jr is going to make a few plays. If you think that he's going to be nullified by something magic that Jesse Minter does, you're mistaken because that kid's going to impact the game, but it's just a matter of how much do you let him impact the game? And what do you do to make sure that it doesn't, cripple you and and, you know if marvin harrison jr goes off for four touchdowns we'll vault him right into the heisman so um i have some concerns but i also would say like i like like i've been preaching this is the perfect tune-up i mean maryland's probably as similar as to ohio state as anyone is in the big 10 when it comes to their offense i know they don't have the same firepower but the scheme that they run uh the, the style that they run i feel like is very similar to what you're going to see from Ohio state. So uh, this might be the most perfect game situation that this team could have had to be prepared for the biggest game of the season.
0: Absolutely. In a lot of ways, it's maybe the best tune up you can ask for in terms of the look you're going to get. Now, Ohio state is going to play a little more physical. They're more physical than they were last year. But uh, again, uh, you know, you look at those numbers, Two hundred sixty-two yards of total offense. The run game was not a factor at all. The longest rush of the day was seven yards. They scored what three of their touchdowns from like the one centimeter line. So that's going to happen when teams get down there. Maybe Michigan was has been overdue to defend those types of situations, given that I think last week was the first game they've they've defended a goal to go situation. So um, good for those guys. Uh, a lunch pail game. They had to they had to win Michigan this game because the offense wasn't just didn't have its fastball, didn't even really have anything today uh, in a lot of areas, but uh, credit to them for that. Uh, We'll go to this question here from Adam Shepardson for you, ryan It says, did you notice Maryland attacking linebackers when Mike Barrett went out? Update on him really quick. Uh, He did return to the game. He had a shoulder wrapped in the press conference. Seems like an AC joint sprain, but he seems like he'll be fine next week.
1: I think you saw them attack in the middle of the field, and yes, that is the spot where Barrett, vacated, but I think that that's where they thought that they could have success consistently When Maryland. Look like they were trying to find a first down or something like that. Very often they were going in between the hashes right around the sticks. And that's where they were trying to find someone to either settle down versus zone or find some separation in man and see if they can pick up that first down. And to be honest, I mean, Sandra still had playing out of his mind and I would be shocked if they thought that their matchup at receiver was better than Will Turner. Um, will turn will johnson will johnson at the edge so uh i think that they probably had it schemed up that in the event that we need to convert we're attacking the middle so um i wouldn't say that that's unusual for any team specifically but i could see how with barrett going out it even more drew circles around middle of the field we're going there
0: uh, guys we will get to questions here soon feel free to line those up here in the chat i have a question that i'll kind of kick it off with brian um you know, I think there's going to be a lot of social media and message board bluster about you know having concerns coming out of this game, being concerned for how they match up next week. I'm going to put you back in the locker room here, put you back in a captain position. You're in the locker room after this game. What is your speech to the team? <laughs>
1: Oh, man, it's hard to get the juices flowing. I'm in my parents' cold basement right now. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, my thing is, we are the two-time defending Big Ten champions, guys. There's no one out here that can beat us. This, we've proven it through two years. The media can't beat us. Other teams can't beat us. The only team that can beat us is in this locker room. It is us. So if we focus on what we do and get better at what we do, I don't give a shit what they're doing south of the border. I don't care what they come up here with. I don't care who they throw the ball to or if they hand it off. If we play our best game and play our football, we are the Big Ten champions and we're going back for a third time. So focus on you, focus on execution, focus on being physical through your execution and make them come take a win from you in your house.
0: All right. Well, we will get to questions here. I guess I'll come up with another one while we're waiting for waiting for people to get theirs in this one's from am 89 he says did the ref actually say my bad after calling maryland rutgers yes he did uh it was pretty funny uh, he was also not here not having it for the uh there's there's a media timeout where he got back on the microphone it was like oh also apparently we're in a media timeout again and the, you know there was a good laugh uh on that up in the press box um this one's from Jamie Vance says Michigan versus everybody. Great show. Fellas go blue. Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, if we don't have any questions, we will probably wrap a little early here. So I'm going to give everyone some time to
1: do Did, that. uh I have a question because you might have insider knowledge. I wasn't aware Ladarius Henderson wasn't making the trip. Are you aware of the injury he has and what his status may be for next week's game?
0: No. In fact, the buzz that we had heard last night was that uh, it was JJ. That was banked up, but he wasn't on the availability report. Uh, we didn't hear anything about Ladarius Henderson. So that was kind of a surprise. Must have been something that happened later in the week. I don't, I'm not sure if he traveled. I didn't see him before the game on the field, but
1: they said uh, on the broadcast he did not make the trip with the team. Okay. Which to me I was makes me think disciplinary that. or something, but I don't know if it's injury. I'm just curious if you have any information because it was a total shock to a position we've been following closely throughout the season.
0: And Mike Middleton asks, has there been an updated status on our LT and wide receiver one? Um, again, I I wasn't down in the press conference, so I'm not sure if there was a Ladarius Henderson update. Again, I'm pretty sure it was injury related. I, that's where I'm at here as we do this broadcast at a quarter to five on Saturday. Um, as far as Roman Wilson goes at a $1.99 super chat here from Jeremy. He says, how serious do you think Roman Wilson's injury is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he came out of this game pretty quickly and and went to the locker room. Came back in his free Harbaugh shirt. Um, that's I, I'm not sure if it was a head injury. I'm I'm sure it was. I would think it was precautionary, but we'll see how the week goes. It's it's tough to say. Again, I don't have that update. Uh, in terms of Michael Barrett, again, it is an AC. Um, it is an AC sprain that he said in the press conference. I am getting texts from Clayton Safety right now who said, uh, Sharon, Sharon said training staff ruled out Roman. The TV broadcast said it was precautionary. So that's where we're at with that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any other updates on that as of right now. Let's go to this one from Slavchinski who says, I didn't get to watch the entire game. Do you think JJ's performance was health-related or just a down game? My quick one, probably a bit of both.
1: I think a little bit of health related, I think a little bit, which we're not talking about, and that's never an excuse I want to go to. But if you watch the broadcast, you saw the newscasters papers blown off their their desks, it seemed like it was a windy day down there. I would think that that was something that may have impacted him a little bit. Um, But I also think it's a lack of opportunities that he's had recently. And that's not a knock on how we've been coordinating our offense. I do want to see some more passing game. But when you're not called on often, you know, and, and you get called to throw a strike. You might not be ready to throw that strike. So uh, hopefully we can knock the rust off and be ready for the next one.
0: I had time for a few more. Uh, Mr. Dave, what grade would you give the play calling, Ryan?
1: Offensively, I would give the play calling... Uh, C plus. I think it was average or a little better than average. And so that's my grading scale. And I also just continue to try to give, I really like Sharon Moore. This is just a personal affection and affinity, but I like him. I think he's a good guy. He seems like a wholesome person, 37, 38 years old. And he's the youngest head coach figure. I think in the ever, in the history of Michigan sports in the biggest season that they've had and how long this is a huge moment for him. And for this young man is what I feel like I should call him. And uh, I feel like he has a defense that he needs knows he can lean towards in situations that maybe you're not favoring the offense. And I feel like it just dials that conservative meter back a little bit. And to his credit, I believe he's undefeated. So I, the only stat I care about at the end of the day is the W.
0: We're going to take two more here. This one's from Lori O it says, what about JJ needing Harbaugh on the field? Maybe it's affecting him.
1: You could be right. I guess there's only two people that know the answer to that question. Uh, but I, I do think that when you watched him throw that interception and you watched him go to the sideline, there were 10 seconds that you didn't see the calm, zen J.J. McCarthy that we're all used to seeing. And I think in those moments, it's going to show if he has a maturity or not, because I do think Jim Harbaugh helps you in those situations. The best coaches help you in your worst times. That's just who they are. And so JJ doesn't need him when he's 10 for 10 or 20 for 20 and doing everything right. That's when JJ needs a Jim Harbaugh little, little side uh talking to, and he doesn't have him there. And I feel like that hurts a little bit, but I also feel like he's got to turn that into fuel and motivation and go out there and do it without him. He's been with him long enough that he probably has an idea of what Harbaugh is going to say. And if he's anything like the guys, what I used to play with, he probably has a pretty solid impression of him at this point. <laughs>
0: All right, last one's going to come from me, Ryan. It's finally Ohio State week. This is the week this entire season is built towards. I want to hear your full unfiltered thoughts on this matchup uh, heading into this next week.
1: I think that this is going to be a defining career game for either Sharon Nor or Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day is feeling the stress of not having beat Michigan the last two years. Ohio State, as successful as they've been, will never consider themselves to have a successful season if they lose to Michigan at the end of the year. And the same is true of Michigan. But uh, I think that if Ryan Day can't get this win, all of a sudden the culture has really shifted to, there's Ohio State players that have never beat Michigan and they're seniors. And that's a big deal because we had that in our program when I was there and that was a big deal because if you haven't, if winning is unfamiliar, then you don't truly know how to do it. And that's something that uh, you just have to get the first one and then try and build some momentum. But if they never get that first one, the the, the tables may tilt into Michigan's favor and they may stay there for a while. So uh, I think Michigan is going to batter these guys in a run game and see if they can hold up and see if Jim Knowles and his defense are actually any better. Because one thing that I'm not sure of, I'm not out here calling him a fraud yet. But I might after the game if they can't hold up to the run game because I feel like that's something that Ohio State is getting credit for throughout the year is, oh, they've got a really tough defense. Because what? Because they stopped Penn State, who has no offense, who might as well just punt on first down because they beat Notre Dame, who has you know, fumbled and been no good this year, Ohio state's defense gets way too much credit for no real production against any real teams. And I'm sure the same could be said of Michigan, but uh, I think when it comes down to it, we are going to find them in a back alley and see if they're ready for that type of fight again. And my personal opinion is that they're not. I think they'll stand tough for the first round, but I don't know if they want to go nine rounds with the juggernauts of Michigan. And we'll see. Uh, We'll see. Uh, We'll see if Finesse Marvin can get going. I think he's a tremendous player and he'll be someone that could break the game wide open. But outside of that, I think Michigan has a more solid team. I feel like they've been more motivated. And if they're healthy enough, I feel like there's no reason that they shouldn't beat this Ohio State team. But at the end of the day, we all know this is going to be the most watched regular season football game in college football for this year. There's no rivalry like Michigan, Ohio State. And there's a reason that this is the game and the biggest rivalry in sports. And I'm just I'm more excited for this than I am for any Christmas I've ever had. I'm excited. Michigan, Ohio State, Saturday noon. Let's do it. And you have children now, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just have to put things together now on Christmas. It gets worse when you have kids. Don't tell my wife that, but that's true.
0: <laughs> we'll redact that from the, from the replay of this. Uh, well, that's a good place to leave it. Uh, Michigan wins 31, 24 11 to zero. Win number 1000 it's Ohio state week. Uh, this is what, this is what it all builds up to. So like, and subscribe to the channel for more of the best Wolverines coverage you can get uh, on YouTube or anywhere else. Uh, be sure to uh, Sign up for the Wolverine, of course. There's a promo code for you guys just on YouTube in the description below. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, I have nothing else to say. It's on the Ohio State. There's, there is nothing more to say. So for Ryan Van Bergen, I'm Anthony Broom. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you again soon.